Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, this is your host, once again, Dr. Jimmy McKenzie with the Master Key. The key, that's the ability to unlock your destiny or unlock your mind, really. Once our mind is unlocked, we can see from a different perspective, which we call that a paradigm shift. When the Word of God confronts us, it's designed to do that. That's what it really means by the renewing of the spirit of our minds. The renewing of the spirit of our minds. Once light comes, darkness has to flee. So therefore, if we sit up under the Word of the Lord and say, that was a good word, but light never came into my darkness, then the light did not benefit me because it did not penetrate my darkness. The Bible said, the God of this world come to blind the minds of them that believe not. If I'm struggling to believe, it's because I am blinded to the light. The light is God. The light is Christ. The light is the Holy Spirit. So therefore, there's no revelation, so there cannot be any application. So if there is no application from the revelation, it always 100% produces damnation. I am damned because I don't believe. So therefore, I pray that God will give you a key to some area that has been locked up, blocking you from experiencing the glory of God, the presence of God, experiencing an encounter with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings in a greater dimension. Once again, we want to welcome you to this Tuesday evening uh, radio broadcast, The Master Key. One thing I love about God, there's always a key, and Jesus holds the key. The key to unlock your destiny. But usually, the key that Jesus has, he has given it to somebody. He has given it to your pastor. He's given it to your mentor. He's given it to your coach. He's given it to someone that has really become a key. They just don't hold a key. They have become a key. God has so set it up in the body of Christ, uh, that someone to become the key to unlock your destiny. And the reason God set it up that way, that you and I do not live independent of each other. And the very instrument that causes us to live independent of one another is pride. Pride says, I don't need nobody. Pride says, I already arrived. I can make it by myself. Pride is designed to live independent of God, number one, then independent of one another. But everybody needs someone, just like your physical body, need every body part, part that you have. It need every cell. It need every gland. It need everything because God uh, knew exactly what we would need to be able to live forever. We really was created to live forever. Our bodies was really created to uh, regenerate itself. It was designed to live forever. But because of sin coming in, sickness came in, death came in, and we began to experience uh, uh, degeneration. But nevertheless, he set the system up that all of us need someone. And usually the very one we need is the very one that the enemy will manipulate you against. The enemy will make you think you don't need absolutely nobody but God. I said I mind when I first got saved. Then had no ideal that it was pride. 
and uh, uh, I had the mentality, I will quickly cut you off if you cross me, did me wrong. I don't need you no way. I got God. And the Spirit of God spoke to me one day. He said, if you don't need them, you don't need me. They belong to me. To reject them is to reject me. That thing hit me like a ton of bricks. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. You said you don't need nobody but me, and they are of me and belong to me. To reject them is to reject me. Not to need them is not to need me. You cannot need me without needing them. God in his infinite wisdom. And I'm so grateful to the Lord because it is in the midst of these kind of things that God has trained me and educated me in the ways of God, the mind of God. I thank him for correcting me. I'm so grateful for him rebuking me because he loved me enough that allowed me to continue to live in a state of error, thinking I'm making it when I'm not. I thank him for the grace to be able to hear his voice during those times, the grace to be sensitive to him during those times. God is a God of relationship. Are you still in relationship with the people or the person that God has assigned to you? Have you been done wrong? And because somebody did you wrong, you believe within your heart and your mind that it's time for you to vacate this relationship. Think about it. Why do we have a tendency to want to vacate a relationship that we believe that was ordained by God? Usually it's because some kind of pain that has happened to us or we was disappointed we believe we wasn't recognized. We believe that we are not valued. We believe we are not respected. These are the kind of things that causes people to block, destroy, not when you use the word destroy, to abandon or to abort relationships that God has assigned to you. You know how we miss it? Because we allow what people say to us and do to us uh, to cause us to move out of our relationship with him by moving out of our relationship with those that God has assigned to us. Do, can God make a mistake? Absolutely not. When you begin to look at Jesus and his disciples, doesn't it seem like God made a mistake by giving him the caliber of men that he gave him? Almost every single day for three and a half years, Jesus had issues with them boys almost every day. If they weren't operating in competition towards one another, jealous of one another, you name it, Jesus experienced it all with those disciples. Betrayal, denial, he experienced all. What kept Jesus going? What kept Jesus going for him not to get frustrated and aggravated with those men that God gave him? And the Bible says even one of them was the devil. Why would God give Jesus a man that was going to be demon-possessed and betray him? Everything, ladies and gentlemen, is a pattern. Jesus is the pattern for your life. Jesus is the pattern for my life. Have you ever been betrayed? Have anyone ever forsaken you? Have anybody has ever denied you? Have anybody ever lied on you? 
How did you handle that relationship? Did you handle it the way Jesus handled it? Isn't it amazing that you and I believe that a relationship has been ordained by God as long as there's no pressure in the relationship? We believe it's ordained by God as long as there's no persecution in the relationship. We believe it's God as long as there is absolutely no chaos and confusion in the relationship. Then we believe it is God. Then we're able to press and say, this is my best friend. Isn't it amazing that the majority of us do not have a biblical understanding of relationship? How many of you that is on this broadcast tonight have a relationship with that you've been in for the last 10, 15, 20 years? How many have a friend that you have now that you had when you was in school? I've been out of school a long, long, long time. I really don't have no friend that I had in school because I haven't seen the majority of people that I went to school with because I'm not from South Florida here. So I haven't seen them in uh, over 30 years because once I left St. Petersburg, I, I left everything and everyone and I totally sold out for God and just went all the way for God. And I really didn't know how to relate, tell you the truth. I thought when you got saved, you leave everybody alone. And the majority of people, and that's the problem with the church, because the church really, I wouldn't say the church, but a lot of us in the church, especially leaders, we don't know how to relate ourselves. Once we get saved, we cut everybody off. Say, well, they're sinners, I'm a saint. But that's the people you should stay in friendship with. Stay in friendship with the sinners. But I didn't know how. I did not know how that it was not modeled before me that you can still be in relationship with people that is unsaved. Because the goal is to let your light shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I didn't know how to do that. I cut people off and I ran people away because I didn't know how to relate. I looked at them different. I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I looked at them as sinners. I looked at them as they're going to hell. And if they don't want what I have, too bad. Can go ahead and die and go to hell. God, help us. Have mercy upon us. I didn't know how to relate, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know how to relate to my family members. I ran my family members away. Because I was religious and didn't know I was religious, I just really had the mentality, the attitude, disposition that those saved people had, and I thought that was the right way because I wasn't raised up in church. I didn't know how to relate. If there's anyone that listened to me today, you, you experienced the same thing. And my thing was, uh, if you don't get saved now, you're going to die and go to hell. And the Spirit of God spoke to me one day. I got saved at 21 or 22, one of the two. And said, and then the Spirit of God said, He said, You didn't die. I waited on you. But I'm so rushing, rushing. You can say now, you can say now, you say you're going to die, you're going to go to hell. But He didn't let me die when I was stupid out there uh, in sin, doing crazy things. He didn't let me die. He preserved me, sustained me, kept me in the midst of my craziness. I didn't know how to relate. And even as we continue to grow in God, and, and tonight, I, I really want tonight to be a question and answer night. Uh, those that's with us tonight on the broadcast. If the Lord is speaking anything to you, you have any kind of questions concerning anything that you uh, we have articulated since you've been joining us on this broadcast, we want to give you an opportunity to ask a question. Uh, you have to press the one button on your dial. Those in chat, 
you have to type out your question. Let this be a time of dialogue tonight. I never really had a session like this right here that is set aside specifically for uh, dialogue. There may be some questions that's in your heart that you've been uh, needing an answer from God. Uh, so tonight will be that night, those you that really desire to. But I'll continue to uh, dialogue while uh, uh, you got your thoughts together. And um, and um, because your, your question may be something that somebody else needs on this broadcast. But I didn't know how to relate. We're talking about relationship and relating. And I, I rent people away. But it's an amazing that even when you and I get saved and born again and been saved for a while, we still struggle with relating from a biblical perspective. Yet Jesus is our corporate head. It's our corporate head. We want our consecration. We should end our consecration tomorrow. And uh, usually when you fast, everything is exposed. Everything is stirred up uh, while you're on a consecration. God brings the surface things that's in you that you didn't realize. God allowed things to happen to bring things surface things that's in you that you didn't realize. God let us see that we are not where we thought think we are. We are not as spiritual as we thought we were. He reveals all kinds of things and the purpose of that is for you and I to make a decision to renounce and announce, repent, change our heart and our mind concerning the things that God shows us and reveals to us as blocking our relationship and intimacy with Him. Something transpired uh, yesterday, as soon as the broadcast over God brought something to my attention, I confronted someone about it, and uh, uh, and they lied to me, and it bothered me. Now, why did it bother me? I've been before God all day today. Why did it bother me? That is one of the things... Uh, that God seemed like allow in my life people that would lie to me. And I had people work for me, lie to me. People, relatives lie to me. I had my children uh, lie to me, and not, uh, not, not all of them. But I, I've, I've had, and it's constant. Why would God allow that to happen? And it bothered me. And eventually, I end up getting out of character. And how did I get out of character? Because I got angry. Why did I get angry? Did I get angry because the person lied to me? Or did I get angry because of the person's lack of relationship with God? Which one? Did I take it personal? If I took a person, I would get angry. If I didn't take a person, I wouldn't have got angry. See, I love when God uh, deals with me and confronts me and exposes EJ to EJ. I love it because uh, that's a revelation of his love for me. And I repented before God. I actually have mercy upon me. I asked him to allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume this thing out of me. And what was that? Pride. What is it again? Pride. Because they lied to me. So by the mere fact they lied to me, evidently I have placed a value on me. Didn't see it this way. Maybe it's going to help somebody today. I didn't see it this way. That's the power of pride. It blinds us to ourselves. Pride let us see the wrong in everybody else. Pride will not let me see the essence of me. And watch this right here. Pride is self-righteousness. Because I don't live that way towards that person, why did that person live in that way towards me when I set an example before that person? Pride. Now, did not the Bible say that all have sinned? Did the Scripture say that? Absolutely. All have sinned and what? Come short of the glory of God. How many? All. That means every person that is on this broadcast tonight has sinned. All have sinned. You mean 
the greatest apostle in the nations of the world, the greatest prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wow. Then if all of us have sinned, do any of us qualify to be righteous? No. He said, my righteousness and your righteousness is as what? Filthy rags. So why did I get angry? See, if I can't not answer these questions, I can never be helped by God. That's how you have to talk to, talk to yourself. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Let the Holy Spirit expose you to you. Why did E.J. McKenzie get angry when I was lied to? Evidently, by me getting angry, that is a portion of me that I think is valuable and don't deserve. To experience what I experienced, to be lied to. This thing is awesome, isn't it? But but watch this right here. Watch this right here. I haven't lied to them. But have I not sinned against God and sinned against them in some other area? Uh-huh. Being angry is sin. Or scriptures do say get angry and sin not. But how do you Get angry and sin not. When you get you you get angry when people violate God. People come against the kingdom. People come against Jesus. People come against God. People come against the Holy Spirit. You get angry. But when people come against you, and you get angry, you sin. So the Bible says, "Be angry and sin not." But the only way you're not going to sin by being angry is your focus is not you. Your focus is your Lord, your master, your king. We have a question. Area code the three zero five three oh two. What is your question? You're on the air, area code three oh five three zero two. You have a question? Okay, maybe there's another situation tonight. But tonight is question and answer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, those of you that have a question uh, concerning anything that we've dialogued about in the past, or even the conversation tonight, let's let's let's, let's dialogue tonight. Let's deal with this relationship thing. Uh, uh, let's help each other tonight. Maybe there's some things that the Lord has revealed to you that can help uh, our audience and even myself uh, 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 tonight concerning relationships. But I was talk- sharing uh, about me getting angry because someone lied to me. How many parents have got angry because your children lied to you? Why do we get angry? Did Jesus get angry when the disciples uh, forsook him? They scattered from him? No, he already told them what was going to happen. He already knew what was going to happen. Did Jesus get angry with Judas when he betrayed him? No, he already knew he was going to betray him. He still ate a covenant meal with Judas in the midst of his betrayal. He still called him friend in the midst of his betrayal. My God, can we live like this? Can your, if your spouse betray you, can you still call your spouse a friend? If your children betray you, can you still do the same thing? You said, preacher, it'll be hard. But why would it be hard for us? I'm going to tell you what makes it hard for us. Because we are self-righteous. Because look what I've done for you. How can you treat me this way? I've sacrificed for you. I've done this for you. That's self-righteousness. That's self-righteousness. Your other words, you were saying... That you owe me something. Just before I got on, got on the uh, broadcast tonight, I heard this word, debt. And I quickly went to my dictionary, 
and I wrote down the definition of the word debt. The definition of the word debt is an obligation to pay or an obligation to do something. How many of us, let's be honest, how many of us is in a debt relationship with one another? Come on, let's, 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 let's be honest. How many of us is in a debt relationship with one another? You believe somebody owe you something. And you believe somebody owe you something based on what you have done. That is self-righteousness. That's pride. And it's not love. Anytime you and I put a debt or put an obligation on somebody to give you back what you've given them is sin. God don't make me love him. God don't put an obligation on me. He wants me to love him by choice, free will. But if I don't love him, do he stop loving me? Absolutely not. And if I ask this question, how many of us want to be like Jesus? Everybody on this broadcast would say, I want to be like Jesus. But you know what we think about when we say we want to be like Jesus? Tell what we think about. We think about raising the dead, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick, prophesying, preaching, teaching. That's what that's what we, we, we look at being like Jesus. But we don't look at being like Jesus, having men around us like his 12 disciples that did not believe in him, that did not trust in him. He said they did trust him. They did not trust him. Why, why then only Peter got out of the boat when Jesus walked on the water? Why did he have to keep on saying, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. And he did not abandon the relationship. He did not abandon it. Relationships is hard work. You got to work at it. And what, what would make the relationship successful if each one of us will focus on ourselves and not each other, ladies and gentlemen. So here's a debt. So I got angry. I got angry with the person because they lied to me. And watch this right here. I did not. Now, watch this right here. Watch this. Was it right for the person to lie to me? Absolutely not. Was it a sin for the person to lie to me? Absolutely. But I didn't even realize that I was in sin. How was I in sin? Because I got angry because he lied to me. By me getting angry, I, I was saying you are obligated to pay me back what? Honesty. You are obligated to be honest to me because I'm honest to you. Oh, God, help us tonight. Then are you understanding what I was doing I was displaying to the person that I am the standard. And when my righteousness is as filthy rights, I am not the standard. You are not the standard. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the standard. Jesus Christ, the man of God that was virgin conceived, the sinless Lamb of God. He's the only one that is worthy. He's the only one that is righteous. And you and I are righteous only because we have received His righteousness. We receive something that we didn't earn, we didn't pay for. So I thank God for His great love towards me. I was... I was uh, getting on dealing with this individual because they lied to me. 
And what I was doing, I was saying, compensate me. I have not lied to you. I have been transparent before you. Compensate me with transparency. Compensate me with honesty. But we something else. And I was blind. See, I thank God that we're on this consecration. Maybe if I wasn't on this consecration, I wouldn't have seen it. I would have kept on walking in self-deception because I haven't lied to you. Why are you constantly lying to me? I am not a liar. But I am a sinner that is saved by grace. Just like all of us are sinners that is saved by grace. And I thank God for loving me enough to confront me today. Loving me enough to show me my undone self. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have no right to demand compensation from one another. We, 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 we don't have no right. Why? Because all of us was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And all of us have sinned against our God. All of us have sinned against Thou Lord, all of us have sinned against the Holy Spirit. All of us have sinned against one another in some kind of way. But I got angry because the person lied to me. I should have got angry, not because he lied to me, but he lied to our Lord. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Are, are, are you seeing this? And so here I am, I am, have placed a debt upon the person. Pay me back. Now, this right here really goes on in marriages. This really goes on in marriages. How many husbands and wives is putting a demand of compensation from your spouse. Some say, not me, preacher, not me. Well, any time have you ever said this? Why are you doing this to me? I don't do you like that. The moment you make a comparison that I don't do that to you, what you just said, you are obligated to be like me. And you're obligated to pay me back what I have given you. You owe me. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help us tonight. Set us free. Thank you, sir, for bringing light to us, to cleanse us and to purge us from our unrighteousness, our selfishness our self-centeredness, our self-importance. I thank you for setting us free tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been saved over 30-some years, been preaching over 30-some years, and here I am putting a demand on someone to pay me back for what I've done for them. But what have I done to them? Then the question would be, are they asking me for compensation? Usually, but that ain't the case. That ain't even the point. The point is me. Let's get our eyes off of other people. Get our eyes off of our best friend. Let's get our eyes off the person we grew up with. Let's get our eyes off of our parents. Let's get our eyes off our spouses. Let's get our eyes off our children. And parents is good at this too. We want our children to pay us back for feeding them, clothing them, educating them. And when they get ugly with us, disobey us, I dare you, after all that I have done for you, you are obligated. Pay me back for being obedient. Pay me back by being submitted. Pay me back by being respectful. Now, all of those things, your children should be that way. 
and you should put a demand on them to do that. But not for you. See, this is what we miss it at. Not for you, for Christ, for God, for the Holy Spirit. Now, the, the Scripture clearly says, whatever you and I do, in word or deed, do it how? Do it as unto the Lord and not unto who? Man. Isn't it amazing when we read that Scripture, we think about everybody else but our spouse? We think about everybody else but our children? No, because my wife owed me some, my children owed me some, my husband owed me some. She said, whatever you do in word, whatever you do in deed, be conscious of God. Do it as unto the Lord and not as unto your spouse, not as unto your children. Then we will not go around being debt collectors. They're the message here we're called debt collectors. We won't walk around being a debt collector. I got angry because I wanted a debt to be paid. Give me back what I've been giving you. Give me back what I gave you. I don't deserve what I'm getting from you. Oh, God, help us. You know what I really deserve? I'm going to tell you what I really deserve. I really deserve death, hell, and the grave. Should I put it this way? Death, the grave, and hell. That's what I really deserve. There's only one man that ever lived a sinless life on the face of this earth, and that was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I want to be compensated. I want to be compensated for praying for you. I want to be compensated for fasting for you. I want to be compensated for battling for you. I want to be compensated for warring for you. Wait, 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 wait. Who assigned you to pray? Who anointed you to pray? Was it not the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings? Do not your reward come from the Lord and not man, the scripture says? If I hang in there as a husband, do, not, do I not get a reward from the Lord? If I hang in there as a father, do I not get a reward from the, uh, reward from the Lord? If I hang in there as a pastor, do I not get rewarded from the Lord by executing his will? regardless of who accept me or reject me, because you and I, we shouldn't be doing this thing for our spouses. We shouldn't be doing this thing for our children. We should not be doing this thing for our congregation. We should be doing it for the Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for not allowing me to walk in deception. And what I love about God answered my prayer, because I prayed this thing in the morning prayer, this morning's prayer that came out of my spirit in prayer. And the very thing that I asked God, the Spirit of God, he did it. He did it today while I was on this consecration. And, and, and the most beautiful part about it, I say five minutes before I got on the broadcast, I heard the word debt. I heard the word debt. Wrote it down. Wrote the uh, definition down. And God began to show me. When I got angry, I was placing an obligation to pay. I was pay placing an obligation to do something for me as a result of what I've done for you, the person that lied to me. Now, let me ask you this other question. Did not God know the person God knew the person going to lie to you, that lied on you? Did not God know the, per the person was going to steal from you, that stole from you? Couldn't God show it to you in a dream or vision? It's clearly spoken to you. But why didn't he speak? Why didn't he reveal? Because he assigned that to happen. But why would God assign that to happen? To bring the surface things that is in us that we don't have no idea that's in us, that we think that is not in us. What, but why would he bring that? 
because that's the very thing that's blocking intimacy, not with the person that lied to you, not the person that stole from you, but God himself. God himself. And that pride come to surface. Self-importance. I don't deserve this. Why you say you don't deserve it? Because you haven't done what they did. So why do I deserve this? I didn't do this. I don't live this way. I don't operate this way. But you live other ways. You operate other ways. You don't done something or the scripture will be a lie that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then and John, first John said, if a man say that he has he have no sin, he is a liar. Or has not sinned, he is a liar. That's what John says. But why are we so quick to want to give up? And I've been there, ladies and gentlemen, frustrated. I'm, I'm tired. I'm through. Have God ever said that about you? Have he ever said, I'm tired? I'm through. And look at the things that you've done. Look at the things you said. Well, I ain't did no big thing. I haven't committed fornication. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't stole from anybody. I haven't lied to anybody. You want to know the most dangerous ones, the ones that nobody can see. But God. And usually it manifests anyway. Criticism. Judgmentism. Sin. Pride, the biggest, and I believe every sin is a result of pride. The ones you can't see. Gossip. And people has become professional gossiper. They gossip in a way that they make it look like it's spiritual. All of us has missed it. And all of us should be crying to God, shine your floodlight on my heart. Don't allow me to be self-deceived. Don't allow me to be tricked. Have mercy upon my soul. Expose me, God. Bring to surface that which is lying dormant in me that I don't know that's in me. I haven't recognized that it's in me. Bring it to surface that I can repent. I can turn from this thing, and I can turn to the living God. But I got angry. Compensate me. For my love towards you. Compensate me for me forgiving you. Compensate me for not lying to you. Oh, doesn't that sound like self-righteousness? That's how I was operating. Didn't realize it. But this day, today, God shined his floodlight. God exposed my heart and he showed me. But I'm so focused on the other person that lied to me. I'm so focused on them. And that's what pride does. Pride always causes you and I to focus on everybody else but ourselves. We can't see. Pride don't let you see yourself. Pride tells you you don't deserve that. You don't treat them that way. What pride tells you, you don't deserve that. You see how pride lie to you? See, truth is going to tell you you deserve that and more. No, truth is going to tell you. Humility is going to tell you, rather. Humility well, truth, too. Humility is going to tell you I deserve it all. Because God didn't want me to go through it, he would have never allowed it to happen. I don't care as long as the Father is glorified, as long as Jesus is glorified, as long as the Holy Spirit is glorified. I don't care. If this is what you've chosen for me, so be it, Father. Like Paul, I have ordained that you suffer many things for my name's sake. We never heard him complain. We just heard him one time in, in Philippians. Lord, take this uh, three times. He, he cried out, take this going away from me. But after he got the revelation of the heart and mind of the Lord, he says, I'm going to glory. I'm going to glory in the tribulation. How many of us say, Lord, I'm going to glory in the lies? Did I say that? No. I got angry instead of me saying, keeping my mouth quiet, knowing that they lied to me, let them walk away, 
And even in the midst of the disappointment and the pain, I should have said, Father, I'm going to glory in the midst of this person lying to me. Because when I'm weak, then I am strong in you. And, Lord, I am weak for the mere fact that I'm angry, by the mere fact I'm hurt, by the mere fact I'm wounded, by the mere fact I'm disappointed in this person. Why was I disappointed? Because I thought the person valued me. Here's the me, the me thing. I thought the person really loved me because when you love somebody, you don't lie to them. See, you, 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 you say all the right things. Everything I just said is right, but pride hides the essence of what I said, the motive behind what I said. The motive wasn't Jesus. The motive was me, my goodness. But yet the scripture said there's none good, no, not one. But I'm looking at my goodness. I haven't done what you've done. But they haven't done some things I've done. Pride makes you forget what you've done. <laughs> that pride thing is something else, isn't it? It makes you forget everything you've done. I'm going to tell you another thing about pride. Pride tells you their sins is greater than yours. At least I didn't do what you did, what pride does. Pride begin to give sin categories. You got the great ones, you got the 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 medium, you got the low ones, uh, and you got the ones that's not even on the chart. That's what pride does. It makes us grade sins, put sin in a category. And when the Bible never put it in the category, it said, all have sin and come short of the glory of God. Pride. So we measure, and so we get in the argument, and 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 and, and, and say, "You're a liar." Then the person say, "Well, I haven't done what you've done. Well, you haven't done what I've done. But one thing about me, I'm transparent. I ain't walking around hiding my sin. But you still sin. Why are you getting in this conversation? Why are we going back and forth with this? And understand." What does it matter? Both of you all have sinned. Every human being on the earth has sinned and come short of the glory of God. We should be thanking God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies towards us. We should be thanking God for the blood of the Lamb that's been made available to us. We should be thanking God for the cross. We should be thanking God for grace. Grace showed this to me today. It wasn't my cleanness, my righteousness showed me this. Because I was in sin, didn't know I was in sin. I get angry. I was angry. Because of what the person did to me. But God in his loving kindness, God in his tender mercies, God in his grace began to show and reveal to me. That's love. That's love. He didn't have to show me. I could have been walking around self-righteous, didn't even know I was self-righteous. I could have been walking around in pride, didn't even know I was in pride. Because I did not do this. I don't live a lifestyle of a liar. See, that's what, what makes you think that you all of that on the back of the chips because you don't live a lifestyle of that. But you don't did something. And so I'm putting a demand. I'm putting an obligation to pay me back. So husband and wives, parents towards children, and these are probably the greatest relationships because it starts from here. If there's issues in church, in the church, the issues in the church is a result of the issues in the home. You bring that thing from the home to the church. Are you seeing how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen? So God, God is trying to get us to begin to walk in the love of God. Herein is the love of God made perfect. We want to operate in love towards everybody that is doing us right. We want to love everybody that is speak well of us. We want to love everybody that's kind to us. We want to love everybody that exalt us, 
praise us. And I heard, uh, and it's becoming popular in the body of Christ, heard about 10, 10 years ago, uh, a person said, made this statement, and I know they get it from New Age teaching. Don't hang around nobody that is not going to value you. That wasn't the word they used. It just left me just a few minutes ago. If nobody don't value you, you don't hang around nobody that's that's not going to value you. Don't hang around nobody that's not going to acknowledge your value and your worth. Your value? Your worth? Your worth is nothing. Your worth is filthy rags. Filthiness, that's what you're worth. The only thing that makes you and I valuable is Christ. The only thing that makes you and I worth anything is Christ. Not your ability to preach and teach and prophesy, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. That ain't you know it's Christ. Are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Relationship is so valuable and precious, but we don't know how to relate. I have struggled when I first got saved. In relating. Struggle. Because the people that was a, I was around, they were the standard for me. They didn't hang around. They didn't talk with sinners. They didn't hang around. And those were sinners, but we saved. But, man, I tell you, the majority of people, it, it was, I mean, that, that I went to church with was living like sinners. The only thing they was confessing to be saved. But the Bible said Jesus ate with sinners and Jesus ate with publicans. He related to the sinners. He related to the publicans. He loved the sinners and he loved the publicans. His love towards them caused them to follow him. His love towards them caused them to to run after him. His love towards them. He healed their parents and healed their children. He didn't, he didn't walk around condemning them. Good master, good master, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is the Father which is in heaven. Whoa, wait a minute. Who said that? Who made that statement? God in the flesh. He said, why are you calling me good? There's only one that is good. But I want you to acknowledge my goodness when the Son of God says there's there's nobody good but the Father, and I want you to acknowledge my goodness, how good I've been to you. Oh, God, have mercy on us tonight. Have mercy on us, God. Forgive us for sinning against you. And sin them against one another with our pride and our arrogance and our conceit and our blindedness. Forgive us. Have mercy upon us tonight. Let us see ourselves in the light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Grace us to encounter Christ as our humility. Humility see itself in its true light. You know the true light of humility, when we see ourselves in our true light, we're really not worthy. But he made us worthy. We don't deserve nothing, but he made us deserving by giving us his son who is deserving, giving us his son who is righteous, giving us his son who is holy, giving us his son who is blameless. Oh, I feel the presence of God. And so when when somebody come across you, disrespect you, dishonor you, open up your mouth and say, I deserve it. The Lord allowed this to happen because I deserve it. And in the natural, and in your own mind, you haven't done anything to deserve it. You haven't done anything to that person. 
nothing to that person. But if the Father allowed it, I deserve it. If the Father permitted it, I deserve it. If I got lied on, I deserve it. That's humility. Because your faith is in God. Your trust is in God. Your focus is God. Not the person that lied on you. Not the person that stole from you. Not the person that manipulated you. Not the person that assassinated your character. Your focus is not them. Your focus is the Father. I deserve it, Father. I deserve it, Father. You remember when Absalom came against his father David and David hurried up and rushed and left the city because he didn't want war to break out in the city and he ran from his son Absalom? As he was running away from Absalom, one of Saul's sons or grandsons, I don't know which one it is, began to curse him. Begin to curse him. And the Bible said that Joab, his, his, uh, the captain of the army, said, let me go over there and basically kill this, this dead, uncircumcised. I forgot how he said it. And what was David's response? No, leave him alone. Maybe this is the Lord that allowed him to say this to me and to do this to me. This is the king, ladies and gentlemen, the king, the mighty warrior. Notice his attitude and disposition was one of humility, one of brokenness, one of contriteness, as he's running from his son, who's pursuing, to kill, trying to kill him. He said, maybe I deserve it. That's humility. Anything that's happening to you now, humility will say, I deserve it. Because the fathers allowed it to happen. That's the attitude that Job took. That was the disposition that Job had. I don't deserve anything, Father, but death, hell, and the grave. But I'm thankful and grateful and appreciative that you allow me to wake up this morning. I'm grateful, I'm thankful and appreciative that you have blessed me with employment. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I'm appreciative. You have blessed me with shelter. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I'm appreciative. You have blessed me with food to eat. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I'm appreciative. You have blessed me with a heart to worship you to praise you and to bring honor to you in the midst of this situation that you so rightfully think that I deserve. I deserve everything that is happening to me and even more. But just give me the grace. Give me the grace to bring glory to Jesus in the midst of what I'm going through, in the midst of the lie. Will you grace me to yield to Jesus so he can manifest himself in me and through me. He can love the person that lied to me. He can forgive the person that lied to me. He can be compassionate towards the person that lied to me, stole from me, persecuted me, graced me to yield to Jesus. Help me, Holy Spirit, to surrender, to submit. So he can be glorified, he can be magnified, he can be exalted, he can be extolled. Grace me to live for the glorification of Christ. Grace me to live for the exaltation of Christ in my life that people can see Jesus. Grace me to decrease that he may increase. Grace me to live an abandoned life to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I deserve absolutely everything that has happened to me and that is happening to me now. Be glorified in my life, Lord Jesus. Humility, ladies and gentlemen. Humility does not resist. Humility does not fight back. Humility does not 
exalt its love. Uh, 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 that's not the word I'm looking for. Exalt its righteousness. How good it is. Humility understands that there's no good in me. There's only one that is good, and that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I pray tonight that the Spirit of God has challenged you like you, like he challenged me today. Anytime you put a demand on somebody to love you, it's pride. Anytime you put a demand on somebody to pay you back for the love you gave them, it's pride and it is sin. Anytime you put a demand on somebody to give you back what God told you, uh, or I want to say told you, what God gave you to give to them, you only can give people what has been given to you. You cannot give anybody love if love hasn't been given to you. You can't give people peace if peace hasn't been given to you. You can't give anybody joy if joy hasn't been given to you. You cannot give people mercy if mercy hasn't been given to you. You only can give people what God has given you. You only can bless people with what God has blessed you with. You can't forgive nobody if forgiveness hasn't been given to you. Let us renew the spirit of our minds. Let us shake ourselves. Let us fall on our face before the Most High God and cry out to him. And say, I'm a man undone. I've been deceived. I've been walking in self-deception. Self-deception. I've been walking in self-righteousness. I've been walking in self-importance. I don't deserve this. Forgive us. Let me pray a prayer. I know my time is up. Father, we thank you for your sons and daughters. These men, women, boys, and girls that has joined us on this radio broadcast and those that will be joining us later. I pray that you would take this word and you will work this word in our spirit, our soul, our heart, our mind. Let the entrance of your word give us light, illumination, revelation, and wisdom for application. Let this word cause us to experience a renewing of the spirit of our minds. Let this word produce the manifestation of humility, Christ as our humility. Grace us to see life from the perspective of your loving kindness and your tender mercies towards us. Grace us. Grace us to be thankful. Grace us to be appreciative that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And our lives belongs to you. And you can do whatever you desire to do with our lives. If you want people to lie on us, we deserve it. If you want people to persecute us, we deserve it. For surely your grace is sufficient for us. Let righteousness manifest itself in every area of our life, Christ himself. Let holiness manifest itself in every area of our life, Christ himself. Let restoration, reconciliation, and redemption manifest itself in our life, Christ, our restoration, Christ, our reconciliation, Christ, our redemption. We love you, Jesus. And I pray your blessings will overtake this radio audience on the right hand and left hand. Not the blessings of things, but bless us with your own self. You are our portion. You are more valuable to us than any created thing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, seal this prayer. Seal this word in our hearts and our mind by the atoning blood of Christ. Now take what the enemy meant for evil, shift it and turn it around for good, for your glory, on your praise. Raise your sons and daughters up as beacons of light in the midst of darkness because the light has broken through tonight 
and we love you for it, sir. We thank you for it, sir. For it is proper and it is lawful, and we permit it to be so. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us in the morning, if you will, 5.30. Tomorrow is our last day for our last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer. Join us that we can go before the Lord and advance his kingdom and that other men and women of God all over the world will experience salvation and deliverance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and experience the Lordship of Christ, the preeminency of Christ. I know that our prayers is working. I know God is advancing. You may not see anything. But call your families and friends all over the nation and other countries to join us in the morning at 530. I look forward to being with you. God bless you. This has been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie with the Master Key.